Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Ottawa, Canada. Welcome to the show, Christian Spielfogel. Hey, Victor. How are you today? Great to have you here. So, Christian, you and I have known each other for a number of years, and you and I share something in common. That is, we both have a technology background. But before we go into that, and today we're going to talk mostly about technology, but technology applies to real estate. Maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your real estate journey. Yeah, we certainly do have a common background. I started in the technology field, uh, particularly in uh, networking and telecommunications, and left an executive role in a tech firm back in about 2017 to focus on real estate full time. Real estate at that point was much of a hobby for me, but it had grown to a point where I couldn't do two jobs at once anymore. So I focused on real estate investing at that point and continued to grow our business since then. I love it. Now, as a property manager, you self-manage some of your properties, you hire third-party managers where it makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about some of the innovations, because I know you've approached a lot of your properties from a technology perspective. You don't like to have to get in your car and go visit a property any more than you have to. We're going to talk today about the many different innovations that are out there for property managers, for property owners to monitor the health of their properties that were really not available even just a few years ago. Yeah, it's a really interesting topic and one that both you and I at risk of starting to talk too geeky in our discussion. (laughs) When I take a look at a problem and something that I'm trying to solve, I, I tend to look at it with a technology lens to see whether technology lends an element here. Often solutions can be process oriented, but technology can support the process that you have. There's been a big shift in technology, particularly over the last, I'd say, five or six years, but with COVID-19, it's really become, people have become more aware, is the use of cloud-based technology and how that can be part of your overall solution. And then specifically when we're talking about remote monitoring of properties, there's a concept called the Internet of Things or IoT. People more now think of it as smart devices, for example, falls into that classification. So what we've done is taken a number of those technologies in a variety of our properties to deal with things such as remote management of temperature controls, zone controls, the ability to have cameras remotely, ability to monitor what's happening from a water utilization or lighting controls. And, you know, when people think about all of these types of controls and and what are there, sometimes they're worried about potential complexity, but a lot of this stuff is really very simple. But what it's allowed us to do, to go back to your original question, is that in the past, let's say, if I didn't have cameras at a particular location, so my properties are quite far away from where we live and, and where we manage them. But if there was a trouble call, something going on in the parking lot, for example, we might have to send someone to site to take a look at what's actually happening. By putting in the cameras, we were able to actually see what was going on at a particular location and deal with it. Another example would be at this time of year, we're going through changes in the HVAC control. So we're going from summer and fall type weather into winter weather, which means there's switchover of HVACs. You've got to settle out the exact temperatures that people are going to be comfortable with in the particular zones, because of course we've had tenant change-ups this year. So there's different requirements. So rather than having someone go to site and manually adjust these every time there's a complaint from a tenant or a concern or a problem, 
we can just do it remotely and have it sorted out in literally seconds. So it saves a ton of time in terms of people having to go to site, time trying to manage this in a repetitive fashion. So it's made it quite simple in that respect. At the end of the day, it comes down to an economic analysis of the cost of installing these more advanced systems, the cost of maintaining them as compared with a truck roll to get someone out to the site. And it's not a question of if there's going to be a truck roll. The question is when or how often. So at some point, there's a break-even analysis that's done that says, I need so many truck rolls before I pay for this Wi-Fi thermostat, for example. How's that analysis go? Great question. And it really comes in two parts, I would say. One is the example that you say, you've got operating expense throughout the year dealing specifically with particular situations, whether it's an incident that you're trying to observe, whether it's thermostatic controls, whether there's uh, water flow related issues. And so you can easily add up the cost that you've done over the previous year just to deal with these things and then look at the cost benefit on an expense basis associated with being able to reduce all of that versus the amount of capital you have to put in in order to be able to recover those costs. But the other way that I look at it is that for most of our, our properties and most investment properties, there's an aspect of an income-based appraisal that comes with it. So as you know, with appraisals, there's direct comparison, there's cost up and there's income-based. And for most income-based properties, multifamily, commercial, et cetera, there's a concept of a net operating income or NOI. And if you assume, for example, a cap rate of, I don't know, for just to make it simple, a 5% cap rate on a property, and if you can reduce say a operating expense of say $1 a year, right? Is obviously very modest. Then the value of the building can potentially go to $20 increase in value from a, a capital value of that property. So if you take a device that maybe is going to cost you say $200, right? If you can get $10 savings annually out of it, you've effectively got an offset. I'm oversimplifying a little bit, but that's part of the analysis. No, that's very appropriate. It's a very appropriate way of looking at it. And I even just think about it from the standpoint of cost avoidance. I know, for example, we had one of these automated sprinkler systems connected on one property and it failed. And two days later, a hose running continuously in a $700 water bill, man, that could have been avoided with just the addition of a flow monitor that would have set an alarm and we would have dealt with it right away. That flow monitor would have been a bargain compared to that water bill. Because guess what? It can happen again. Absolutely. And it will happen again. It may not be that specifically, but I've had situations in building where you have a toilet with a slow leak and you may not even notice it. The tenant may not notice it, but your water bill was suddenly change. And in a lot of places, water bills are presented no more than monthly, right? In, In a lot of jurisdictions, they're presented every two months. With a water flow meter, really smart ones will be able to tell you that there is a slow leak. It's something abnormal that's happening in the building, an unusual water pattern. And that allows you to investigate. And some of the really good products will tell you, we think it's actually a toilet leak. You may have other instances where you have the sprinkler case, but I've also seen cases where a tenant on move out had accidentally caused a problem with the radiator system and there was a leak associated with it. So not just a water bill, but now there's a scenario where you get an alert and within about 30 minutes, you're responding to a particular incident where there could have been water damage to the actual property. I had a conversation with one of my partners in Philadelphia where we have a building that is set deeper in the ground than virtually any other building in the neighborhood. 
the water table is fairly high and we have two sump pumps in that particular building that are running almost continuously. It's not a question of if those pumps are going to fail, it's a question of when. And the only time we actually know they failed is when there's a water problem because we don't have an alarm set on them. Oh, I see. <laughs> so that's, that's another great example of where sensors can come into play. There's obviously some alerts, but there's also some interesting devices that go along with these. So if we take a look at water flow sensor, there's also devices that can automatically sense for floods or sense for sump pump failure. And in the scenarios where, say, it's related to the water meter, there's devices that can automatically shut off the water flow into the building so that you can respond to it remotely, catch it before it does any real damage. So it's interesting how all these systems can start to link together. And then the ability to observe what's going on in your building is just huge. My need to go out to site these days, other than wanting to go out to site or to meet the tenants or to deal with something that's actually business related as opposed to technology related. These days, I just monitor everything now remotely. One of the criticisms of these software as a service type businesses, you know, in the old days you used to go to Staples, you used to buy a box off of the shelf and you put the CD in your computer and you had a license to the piece of software that would operate for however long you wanted to use it. With software as a service, it's a subscription model. You're paying a monthly bill in perpetuity, and if you want your data, you got to keep paying the bill. If you want to continue the service, you got to keep paying the bill. How is that both a benefit and a detriment to someone looking for some of these more advanced services? That's a, a great question. And again, there's at least a couple of angles here. I, I actually advocate the use of consumer technology in most of the smaller properties that exist or the smaller properties that people would be investing in. If you're dealing with a very large building, such as a hundred unit building, you're going to need more professional equipment. But for a lot of the listeners, you're thinking about my size of property and consumer electronics evolves very quickly compared to industrial. So getting back to the question there, a lot of the consumer stuff actually has free cloud monitoring. So you buy the device and then they often don't have a subscription. But for those that do have a subscription, the way that those are often modeled from a business perspective is they take the revenue associated with a particular product at an instant purchase and they amortize it over about a, usually a three-year period. And so the subscription cost that you're paying is roughly the equivalent to if you bought that equipment upfront it would have been arguably more expensive, and then you'd amortize it out. Typically with technology, you'd probably amortize it over a five-year period in terms of depreciation. So you are paying a little bit of a premium, but when you offset that by the actual cost savings in the operation of your business, you're much further ahead, even if it wasn't amortized over time. So you should definitely be thinking about, as you install these systems, about a technology obsolescence cycle cameras are going to be higher resolution, flow meters are going to be more accurate. you got to be thinking replacement on a cycle. What do you think that cycle is? Yeah, that's always a magic question. With very mature technologies, which this is not in that category, you can assume a much longer replacement cycle, maybe 10 years, 12 years before failures start to really happen. But in cloud technology, because they are rapidly advancing, and I've been dabbling in this stuff now for quite a few years, what I find is that things get better at the rate of roughly every three years to maybe five years. As the industry matures, I think you can extend that out. 
But if we even take a look at locking systems, so smart locks, back about three years ago, the thing to do was to get something, a smart lock that used very little battery power. So it would use very low power wireless technology that usually involved a hub. Now, the right thing to do is to get a locking system that uses Wi-Fi technology and it doesn't need a hub. The complexity has gone down and the battery usage is about the same as it used to be three years ago with the low power stuff. You'll see that is going to change. And it's not to say that if you put the technology in now that you have to replace it in three years, but what you'll find is in three years that you're going to be buying a different set of solutions or a more sophisticated solution. And you'll eventually retire out the old stuff because maybe it's now starting to become an issue with your current systems, right? So at that point, you may want to try to homogenize across the different technologies. Fantastic. Well, Christian, what would be your top three picks for wireless flow meters? No, <laughs> for flow meters? To be honest, I've gravitated to one, one technology. There's different price points for these things. There's sub $100 solutions that you can do over Wi-Fi. And I, I don't really like them because I think when it comes to things like water control, it's just way too important to completely rely on, say, an internet type solution. And the reason is whatever the flood issue may be, may actually interfere with your ability to get an alert. So I've tended to gravitate towards solutions that for that class of product, I've gravitated to solutions that use the mobile or cellular network. And my current favorite is a company out of Toronto called Alert Labs. And they make a, a product for sensing called Flowey, right? So it's cleverly named to detect the flow within, within a water meter. And then they have companion products such as Floody, detects floods. You've got Sumpy, which would solve your sump pump problem. And then they have a product called Shuddy, which as you can probably figure out, shuts off the water flow if, if it detects a, a problem. And I think that the use of the mobile network in that particular scenario is very well, is very important. So it's not a big deal if you lose a thermostat for a little while because of an internet issue. But if the water flow, if there's a, a major flood in your building and it takes out your internet connection and you never know about it, that's a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. If folks want to connect, if they want to learn more about various internet technologies that you've researched, what's the best way? I would say you can certainly email me. And my email is christian at oliferous.ca. So it's christian, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N at oliferous, A-L-I-F-E-R-O-U-S dot C-A. And we also have our website, obviously, at oliferous.ca. So that would be the best way. Fantastic. Well, it's a fascinating topic. I know that we'll be implementing that in several of our new buildings. And so for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Christian at Christian at oliferous.ca. That's .ca, not .com. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. 